Utah wraps up spring ball with the red and white game here at Rice-Eccles Stadium. I've got your recap, a reaction, and some player sound for you coming up next on this Saturday edition of Locked on Utes. You are Locked on Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to Locked on Utes. Appreciate you making Locked on Utes your first listen every day. As a reminder, the show's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm also on YouTube, where you can probably notice I've got a lot of lovely, nice, natural light hitting my face here on Saturday afternoon. It's about 2.50 p.m., probably about uh, 45 minutes after the end of the spring game here to wrap up spring ball for the University of Utah football program, just so you guys know I'm not lying, I'm going to turn the camera around. You can see, yeah, here I am in the press box here at Rice-Eccles Stadium. I thought, hey, what better place to do the show, kind of a remote setting, something that I don't think this show has ever done. So how about that? A first for the Lockdown Youth program. Just a reminder, I'm your host, Austin Facer, smart aleck, uh, enthusiastic, opinionated, excited guy, bringing you everything University of Utah Athletics. You know I'm outside because you can probably hear that helicopter going past right now on its way to the hospital. Uh, anyway, yeah, so spring game just wrapped up. Uh, a lot to talk about here. Um, uh, the results of the game, uh, which is meaningless, but still a lot of fun to talk about. Uh, we saw the white team prevail over the red team 21-14 to in a game that was probably highlighted by uh, the quarterback battles on both sides for the, the red and white team. Um, the game started, um, of course, with a uh, just one drive by starting quarterback Cam Rising, who was methodical, who was surgical, who was giving uh, giving the team and Coach Whittingham uh, everything they wanted to see from him in just a single series. He went four for six on his way to a touchdown that just looked pretty easy, as uh, Coach Whittingham put it after after the game, and uh, that was all they needed to see from Rising. He took the headset after that and uh, helped uh, call some plays and give some uh, direction to the white squad, who was from then on quarterbacked by Bryson Barnes. Um, and from there, it was kind of a kind of a two-man battle, I guess you could say, between Bryson Barnes on the white squad and Jaquinnon Jackson on the red squad. Um, I think that was kind of what we were most looking forward to going into the spring game was kind of this this battle to see who would maybe get the edge at the uh, the backup quarterback position. Um, I have my thoughts on that. I'll get to that in the next segment, but it was a great ping-pong match. I guess you could say if you were following me on Twitter, um, at Locked on Utes during the game, um, that was kind of my uh, my joke. I was like, this looks a lot like when Dwight and Mose were just smashing those ping-pong volleys and and all that uh, at each other that one episode of The Office because they were it was just back and forth, you know, each drive. Felt like uh, each guy had something different to bring to the table. Um, you know, I think you could say Barnes had the more had more highlight plays. I think you could say, and uh, probably some you know a little bit of a humor added to the game as well with a, a penalty that he was called for on one of his uh, highlight plays. Whereas I thought Jackson was a little more methodical, um, made a couple mistakes in the game, but uh, I thought he also uh, played a pretty effective game. But yeah, that's uh, that's uh, those those were kind of, that was kind of one of my main takeaways. My other takeaway 
uh, was that um, Jalen Glover came in, uh, took over the uh, running back duties for the red team, and I thought he looked excellent. I, I think there's been a lot of excitement about this this guy who's a uh, freshman, uh, enrolled early, um, came here from Lakeland, Florida, which is in central Florida, one of the worst places on earth. Uh, I know because I lived in central Florida for about a year, but he, he was here. Um, I asked him after the game what he thought of the weather. It's, it's incredibly cold. If you were one of the few fans, and actually there was a pretty good turnout. Uh, Youth Athletics announced uh, an attendance of about 10,000 for today's game. But if you were one of those 10,000, I felt really bad for you sitting up in my luxurious seat here in the press box with my complimentary soda. Um, it was very cold. Um, I, I, and that was kind of an interesting thing for the, this time of year. Um, you know, I, I, in the first half, you know, there was a little bit of sunshine, wasn't too bad, kind of had cleared up by the, by the second half, especially by the end of the game. It was, uh, it was cloudy, overcast, and we were also dealing with a little bit of sleet. So when we were down on the field waiting to get to the, uh, the media area for the post-game press conference, uh, I was freezing, even though I had a, a coat on and, uh, I, I felt, I felt really proud of the the Ute fans who had stuck out the weather and endured the uh, the seasons, the elements to to enjoy a bit of spring football. And I think my I think if I could just sum up my 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 basic feelings, boil it down to to a simple thought, I would say I was just really sad that we still have so much time to go until September uh, for the Utes home opener, or excuse me, for the Utes opener on the road at Florida. Um, in the swamp on September 3rd. I felt bad that we still had an entire summer to go because this got me really excited for football season. Um, I thought there was a lot of great energy on the field. And just to be back in the stadium, um, even though, you know, obviously it wasn't a typical home game environment, it was still a lot of fun. And it was good to see a lot of uh, the friends here in the media and a lot of fans um, out in attendance. So that was a lot of fun. Really, really, really uh, needed, I think, just a, a little taste of football. So that was awesome. I really did enjoy that. Uh, so I want to. I'll get more into the the quarterback battle that we saw today. Um, that was obviously, I think, kind of the the big story that a lot of us up in the press box were keeping an eye on. Uh, but first, let me tell you about Built Bar. I'm sure you've seen these billboards all throughout Salt Lake City. I know I have. You're like, what the heck are these things? And a lot of fans um, out in attendance. So that was a lot of fun. Really, really, really uh, needed. I think just a, a little taste of football. So that was awesome. I really did enjoy that. Uh, so I want to. I'll get more into the the quarterback battle that we saw today. Um, that was obviously, I think, kind of the the big story that a lot of us up in the press box were keeping an eye on. Uh, but first, let me tell you about Built Bar. I'm sure you've seen these billboards all throughout Salt Lake City. I know I have. You're like, what the heck are these things? They've got puffs. They've got marshmallows. What, what's the deal? Are these good? I'm here to tell you that they're not only good. They're delicious. Puff bars, proud sponsor of the Lockdown Youth Show. They are fantastic, uh, especially the the Built Bar Puff, the Built Built Bars Puff Bars, probably their top of the line product right now. These things are crazy good. They've got unbelievable unbelievable flavors. These are protein infused marshmallows with flavors such as cinnamon churro, banana cream pie. These things are crazy. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. And I know what you're thinking, aren't these supposed to be healthy? How do, how do they do that? I, I really don't know. That's the thing. I don't know how they do it. This is what I've been told. I've been told the way they do it, 
They approach their candy making by making it taste good, making sure it's 100% real chocolate, and then somehow using chemistry, alchemy, magic, whatever, they make it taste good. They do it every time. These things have about half the calories of a typical candy bar, just four grams of sugar, only four net carbs, but loaded with protein, 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which typically has about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and tons of carbs. This is nothing short of miraculous. So I want you guys to go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, that's LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 to get 15% off at built.com. So, again, thinking about the uh, the quarterback battle that we saw, that, w- that to me was the, the story of the day for the spring game. I think that was something that was being talked about heavily on Twitter, that I was monitoring probably way too closely during the game instead of doing my job and actually watching the action. Um, but it, I, it, that really was, to me, what this was all about. It was something that we, we asked Kyle Whittingham about. We asked Cam Rising about it after the game. And it really was in, super encouraging to see two guys do really well. Um, I, I think it was kind of hard at, you know, at the, the eye level, at surface level to, you know, distinguish who was playing a better game. You know, I, I mentioned just a minute ago I thought, you know, Bryson Barnes probably had the, uh, the wow factors. I think his, his side, the white team, led the game in big plays, uh, plays over 15 yards. Um, whereas uh, Jackson's team uh, was a little bit more methodical on offense, and I think obviously, you know, his the the perception that he'll receive for the game will definitely be affected by uh, the one interception he had when uh, when the defender whose name was uh, Kenzo Lawler jumped the interception. Um, he read he read him the whole way and jumped the pass. Um, easy interception. That was the one. Or actually, the the second turnover of the day. The other one was a fumble by uh, the a fumble by who was that? Who was that that fumbled? I didn't think it was a fumble, but they called a fumble on what was his name? One of the receiving backs. It might have been. It was either Mika Bernard or Tavian Thomas. Uh, it wasn't really a. Uh, I thought the the officiating was a little suspect today. But hey, it's it's Pac-12. It was a running clock. You know, nothing on the line. I wouldn't I wouldn't take too much. Uh, I wouldn't take that too much into account on uh, my evaluation of the game. But anyway, yeah, I think I think if I had to give an edge to anybody in the game, despite having the one interception, I think I would probably give it to Jackson. Um, I think his uh, – you look at the, the stat sheet here, he was a little bit more effective. He went uh, 11 for 17 for 138 yards, two touchdowns, also made some really nice plays on his feet, was not sacked in the game. Whereas Barnes uh, completed just 50% of his passes, but had the highlight of the day, which was a 55-yard scramble for a touchdown, which was called back um, due to a taunting penalty near the goal line where, you know, I guess in the referee's mind, um, Barnes was looking back at his defender. Might have been saying some words. Who knows? For me, the way I saw it, it was just teammates playing against teammates, you know, guys having fun. Regardless, you know, they still threw a flag. I guess they felt like the players had a responsibility to take it very seriously. Um, the players joked afterwards. They were like, just let that one go. You know, it's a spring game. Who cares? 
that was my take on it as well. Um, just a couple plays later, though, uh, that touchdown was put back on the boards when Barnes completed a 22-yard rainbow pass to Mackay Cope, who also had a really nice day. I think that's that's the big takeaway. I think we saw a lot of good things between all three quarterbacks. Um, we obviously saw uh, a fourth quarterback in there. We saw Botari there at the end. He he threw eight passes, completed three of them for 21 yards. Who cares? He's not anyone to really talk about. Um, Kyle Whittingham didn't even mention him in his press game conference. He mentioned Nate Johnson as someone who would be in the uh, in the mix for the backup job as well. But I, I thought the, the, the uh, relationships, the chemistry we saw between the wide receivers and the quarterbacks, in addition to, to Jalen Glover, who was excellent on the ground, uh, that, that, those were really the main stories that I took away from today. Um, I, we saw when Cam Rising was in, he had some really 